Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are finishing up Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are discussing Minute 79, which technically begins with King Triton using his trident to draw a rainbow in the sky. But we basically discussed that already, so we're really just jumping into the credits. Yes, and then it ends with the um, layout and layout supervisor credits fading out um, of screen. And the first credit that we see is directing animators. So I guess we'll mostly be talking between directing animators and layout and layout supervisors. Yeah, I'd say that's kind of the brackets on, and, on our credited discussion. Yes, and the, the song that is starting to play in the background is Under the Sea with Sebastian. You did most of the work for this. You did all the research and everything on the credits, so I am largely going to leave it up to you yes. to direct the conversation, and I will be uh, jumping in with, with some other stuff. And also, um, all throughout the, the credits, because we don't want it to just be credits and and like we're not reading off the names of everyone on the credits or anything like no. that um we are going to talk about a couple of other topics throughout these credits so there is content that that we're discussing outside of just this movie we'll be talking about you know the other little the other little mermaid properties um so we'll cover the other little mermaid properties we'll talk about uh, a few different topics um, yes. throughout these these days of credits and i didn't go overboard um as much as Andrew thinks I did, I, I did not research every single person. I just researched people or or categories that I thought were kind of important. And, and some categories I was like, what is that? Does that mean? And so I, I looked up what it, I think it means. Okay. Uh, so the first category is directing animators. And under that, we see Andrew uh, Andreas Deja. I think that's how you say it. And I just wanted to point this out that he was born in Poland, and I thought Andrew would really like that. I do appreciate that that that, that specific note. Um, he did move to Germany when he was young, but he was born in Poland, and Andrew lived in Poland for two years. I did so. And then we have under associate producer Maureen uh, Donley, who is the first woman listed. Um, and she is actually now a therapist. So she was first working with animation, and then she moved on to being a therapist. And I thought that was kind of quite interesting. That is pretty interesting. Uh, and then there's John, not John, Joe Ranft. Have you ever heard that name before? It sounds kind of familiar, but I've also seen the beginning of these credits a lot in yes. the last few years. So Joe Ranft is underneath storyboards. He is actually a Disney legend. and. Unfortunately, he was named Disney Legend after he had a tragic car accident, so he he ex he actually died. Uh, but he was made a Disney Legend in 2006, and he was also a voice for several Pixar characters. Do you want to know any of their names? Um, so this would have to be um, like the first half of the Pixar slate, right? Yes. Um, so it's not going to be too deep in there. Um. I assume he was on the older side. Not super old. No? Okay, so it's not going to be necessarily like an old person voice. No. Um, but several Pixar characters, so meaning several different films, he, he did like a random thing here and there. So one of them... is He's not Jerry, is he? No. No. That would be an old person voice. So. Yes. 
but one of them is in one of the Pixar films that I think you think is probably underrated so, a lot. Well, I assumed it was Bugs Life. Because, Bugs Life. Because he's in the earlier Pixar he's, films. He's he's one of the more main characters. He's Wait, Heimlich. Is he? is he really? He is Heimlich. Is he really? Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's also Wheezy in Toy Story 2. And oh, wow. Jacques in Finding Nemo. And Red in Cars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. Like those are memorable characters. And he's not the only Disney legend that worked on on The Little Mermaid. The other uh Disney legend is one of the character animators, Tony Anselmo, uh who That one that one legitimately does sound familiar. It should sound familiar. So first he was born in Salt Lake City and we live in Utah, so that's okay. pretty close to us. Uh but also he is the voice, the current voice for Donald Duck. Oh, well I just listened to um the, the Walt Disney Family Museum, they've got a, a podcast, and yes. they did an interview with him recently. Recently, um, yes. About Donald Duck. Can I tell you guys, listeners, can I tell you a crazy Donald Duck fact about Tony Anselmo? Doing the voice of Donald Duck is so hard that he has gotten two hernias from doing the voice work for Donald Duck. That is how strenuous that that role is. Yes, it's a, it's a very crazy uh crazy role to to have so those were just some names that i, I that really was, i knew that one was legitimately familiar i really was fascinated by and the last thing that i wanted to um say was so I, I listened to the commentary but the only thing that they talked about which is a big thing was that disney's the little mermaid really brought they didn't say the renaissance but it brought disney into the renaissance mm-hmm. and it just created a a new form a new mold is what they said for for animation films and for creating musicals with the animation films and just bringing Disney and eventually Pixar into a new era. I mean, and like we've obviously talked a a lot about the Renaissance and the older films and all that sort of stuff, but legitimately like the, the model for what people think of as a Disney cartoon and a a Disney princess film in Mm -hmm. particular is much more Little Mermaid than it is anything before Little Mermaid, right? There's yes. only three princesses before Ariel. Yes. And, and Snow- it's been 30 years. Since- yeah, and it's been a long time. And, like, Sleeping Beauty is not that much of a musical. And Cinderella it, it, Cinderella is, like, pretty close to the model. Um, Snow White is also not that close because there's not a lot of, like, story content happening inside the songs, right? And- the songs are are put into the movie i'd say cinderella has a little bit more of yeah it, it right than 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 snow white or, yeah, or sleeping beauty snow don't you think white and sleeping beauty well especially snow white because it has more songs than sleeping beauty when they are sleeping singing, beauty is barely a musical yes it's it barely has songs that she sings or that are sung mm-hmm. uh snow white especially when when they are singing it doesn't really m- melt or or like blend in with mm-hmm. with the dialogue or like lead into to things it's kind of just like oh and here's a song whereas yeah. with with the little mermaid one of the things that they that Howard and Alan especially wanted to focus on was was making sure that it all blended together like a musical does does little mermaid have as far as like being a musical and the musical structure and stuff does it have more in common with robin hood than it does with the princess movies predating it because Robin Hood has like legitimate story going on in the songs, like Robin Hood and Little John, 
like running through the forest like you know like this is storytelling in song form which like snow white like the story is just not happening in the song that much like no. there's a little bit of character interaction and there's character development but it's not story development yeah and it do- there's no i want song in anything else but when you think of disney you think of like when you think of disney films a lot of people automatically like associate a film with a, like a specific song like pinocchio mm-hmm. when you wish upon a star even if it's not a me- i was immediately thinking i've got no strings but <laughs> Or I've got no strings, I guess. When You Wish Upon a Star transcended Pinocchio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But um when with these with these songs uh before Little Mermaid, they there's like specific songs, but there's not like that many, even with Robin Hood. So I, I guess it does yeah. associate more with Robin Hood, kind of, but not like not a lot. But the way that they wanted Little Mermaid to do was for them to was for it to have a different mold to to first go back to original fairy tales mm-hmm. and princesses, which hadn't happened for thirty years, and they've only had three for princesses, but also to to create something new at, at the same time. Yeah, and and so Little Mermaid is like it is not that much reviving something um, as and far as, as as far as like, like the storytelling model and the, the musical model and all that sort of stuff. The biggest thing that it's pulling in is like, okay, traditional classic fairy tale kind yes. of concept. Like let's be fairy tale based. Yes. Um, but also with the, with the musical aspect, the musical aspect of, of the films, like Broadway at the films of, uh, during the time of the films of, the 50s and 40s and 30s yeah, like like broadway it, style it was, musicals super different it was very more classical um in in the way that they sung more like how uh Cinder- cinderella and and snow white sing but um, but it, then they went to more um a more modern take on musical yeah because like that classic that classic version is is Almost more like opera based where, okay, when you're going to have a musical number, this is this is not a musical number as part of storytelling. This is a musical number as part of performance. Yes. Right. And so you have this performative situation where like, look, we're having uh, a performance number where it's about like singing and dancing and not about communicating story beats. Right. right? Whereas right. Little Mermaid really shifts that into, okay, like, how are we going to? push the story forward while still having a performance right it's, it's doing the two things which which like you're saying is like a transition point in how musical theater is structured right yes. like um well, early musical brought... theater is really different i mean you get and it's weird because there's a lot of different stuff that's going on with musical theater and like we're focusing on our animation stuff and so we're not gonna dig super deep into like the history of musical theater but you have like you have full-on operas and everything and then in in like english language you don't have a ton of operas you have like the comic operas or the operettas and stuff and like gilbert and sullivan stuff um which would predate snow white um when you're getting things like hms pinafore or um or pirates of penzance right those would predate these um but that one is kind of like well, everything's just being sung. So it's like opera-like in that everything is music. And so the story has to be contained in there. And then you also have other ones where it's like, okay, we are inserting a musical performance in this play. And the musical performance is is not necessarily part of the story. It is, here's a chance for us to perform something. Yes. Yeah. But they, they did bring in, for The Little Mermaid, they brought in people who worked 
on musicals that were supposed to go to Broadway or they were planning yeah, on well, going to Broadway. Yeah, Howard and um and Alan were were Broadway people. Yeah. And so they they brought in someone to bring a more we, modern aspect to the We don't bring this side. up a ton, but like they made Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. Which is which is like a classic musical theater from the eighties kind of thing. Right. Eighties Broadway is super different from fifties Broadway. And 50s Broadway is not that different from probably 30s Broadway, I would say. Not not super different. It is different. Like, to, to our knowledge. I mean, you know? we are in a new era where Broadway um, has become something different from when it was when Little Mermaid first yeah, yeah. came. Yeah, yeah. Like 2015 Broadway or 2016 for, for Hamilton, right? Hamilton yeah, Broadway have- is very different from Broadway in the 90s. But also like early 2000s Broadway is pretty heavily influenced by... Like the Lion King being one of the biggest shows yeah. on Broadway. I f- I feel like Disney bringing a a new idea to to Broadway with Lion King, definitely. When was Cats? I don't know. But but Cats would have been close to Little Mermaid, right? I think it's, it's nineties. I think it's 80s, the early nineties, like eighties, nineties. It's either the late eighties or early nineties, and it feels like Cats is kind of a transition point for Broadway, right? Like, Cats yeah. was the biggest deal on yeah. Broadway for decades. Well, and then there was Wicked, which was a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have the Lion King come on Broadway, which just a few years after Lion King in 94, Lion came out in 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like late. It was a fast turnaround. It was like 97, 98 or yeah. something like that, that Lion King went on Broadway. And the way that, that Disney just just was like okay we're gonna do something different we're gonna do broadway i think that definitely had a change in musicals as well as for for them because then they brought they brought beauty and the beast they brought little mermaid and, and so many others to to the musical on broadway yeah yeah so like it, it is an, an interesting point where we talk about it as like the renaissance but it's like honestly like when people think of like the Disney brand, like they are thinking more of the Renaissance than what we would call the classic era, right? Like there is more that is coming to mind from little mermaid, beauty and the beast, Aladdin, lion King, um, even hunchback and Hercules and Mulan and stuff like that's what people are thinking of. Like more than 50% of the, of the content in that, that concept of like what makes it a Disney thing is from the Renaissance and not the, the classic period. And And that's a weird thing to, to think of. Like we owe more to Ariel probably than to anything else. Well, we wouldn't have animation if it wasn't for, for animated animated films without, without Ariel, because but but i'm not not talking just about like success and like the studio i mean like rely on on ariel and i was listening to a podcast earlier today i can't remember which podcast it was but i remember that the person on it that one of the hosts was talking about aladdin but they called it a classic and i was like it's not a classic but in the way that you're saying yes functionally it is but functionally it it is yeah not not classic era meaning older era but but classic meaning like this is a quintessential example of right of disney work and but then i think about children and a lot of children they they relate more to or they 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 tend to go more towards um towards the princesses or 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 of the 90s like the or or of the modern area they like yeah they don't go like more for the, always the older ones flow. even though our our children will, will watch or listen to any of them well, yeah but, like we give our kids you know a lot of the options and everything but like yeah they are going to gravitate towards a certain 
a certain thing and it's probably going to be the most recent stuff like I definitely watched Renaissance films way more than I watched the older films, I, even even when we had them available. Like I wasn't watching Snow White very much. I, I've said this before. I I watched Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid so many times, mm-hmm. and and others too. But those were my favorite ones. And and so now you expect kids to like latch onto Frozen or Tangled, right. and, and all that sort of stuff, and right. then they will think of Aladdin as an older classic. Aladdin probably doesn't get like a ton of playtime. No. Um. I would imagine, I mean, like, our kids never pick Aladdin. Well, we don't, we, we go through different, we go through yeah, so lists. Yeah, so they'll, they'll get to it. We're trying much. to, we're, we're working through it, everyone. We're checking things off the list, so our kids are going to get a chance to watch everything. But, like, the like, they will choose Little Mermaid a lot. Yes. Right? Given the option, they will choose Little Mermaid over and over again. Right. Um, and so the, it's, it's weird, like, what is the important stuff what is the 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 stuff that really counts um for the kids and and i think like little mermaid is a big deal <laughs> we've it, we've been it saying is. it a lot but like and and that's like the 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 name of this episode basically is like little mermaid is a big deal right it like the entire renaissance relies on it and the entire like concept 5 years from now 5 years from after little mermaid when people think of well, what's what's Disney all about? The thing that they're going to describe most closely is probably something like Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is going to be the the earliest example of what someone describes, right? Well, there's you know a bunch of musical numbers. There's this princess focused, and and you know this kind of animation, and like that's probably not going to be super applicable to Cinderella, yes. right? But it would be a hundred percent applicable to Little Mermaid. When you're thinking of it, you're probably thinking of Little Mermaid and what came after. Yes. Not what came before. Yes. Um, which is weird to have it be like the Renaissance and like, oh, like it's calling back to this stuff, but it's so significant, right? It's it like it's not a revival. It is very, very new. Yes. Um, and that's really, really interesting. As much as they're doing old stuff or like reviving old techniques and and the the live action references, and they wanted to use the multiplane camera and all those kinds of things is really doing its own thing in it a is. big way. Yeah. And moments like that don't happen a ton in life or in art or in history where there's like, Oh, I just want to like replicate this old thing in, in modern technology and in modern techniques and in modern sensibilities and everything. And it really shifts things. Yes. Right. Like this is a huge shift. Yeah. Um, and so I just like, I keep wanting to draw attention to it, how important little mermaid is. Um, in, in all of this. It is a, a big part of of Disney now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like uh, like I, filmmaking history. Like, I mean, Pixar probably doesn't happen if Little Mermaid isn't successful. Um, DreamWorks wouldn't definitely, definitely doesn't happen um, because Jeffrey Katzenberg is, is a part of DreamWorks. And so if he's not finding success with animation, he's not going to try it <laughs> again. Yeah. Right. If, if they shut down the animation studio, like they're not going to open up DreamWorks yeah. animation. Um, it, it would be a very different world without the Little Mermaid and without anything that they did with the Little Mermaid, anything that they tried to to, to I mean, it'd create. be it'd be it'd be Don Bluth's animation world, you know, that like Don Bluth would have kept making movies. Yeah. Right. He would have done done his animated films and there would have been a couple of other things, but it'd be super different it um, would. without without Little Mermaid. Um. Do you have any other notes uh, on on the credits? Not on the credits for this minute. Okay, then let's work our way through some of the 
extra materials of Little Mermaid. Let's talk about the sequel, Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Yes. I think I remembered all the parts of that title correctly. Yes, Little Mermaid 2. We'll... And we, we, like, we've watched everything that we can yes. for this stuff. I know that it seems like we we hadn't, but trust me, I finished the TV series. We've watched the the sequel and the prequel and and all of that, so we're we're good. Little this. Mermaid has a lot of extra material, it right? Does. Not everything has this much. No additional content. No, it not not everything. No. Um. So yeah, Little Mermaid has a sequel, a prequel, TV series, three seasons of that TV three series. Three seasons, yes. So that's a lot of episodes. Um, it, more than fifty episodes. I think it's around sixty. Okay. Um, and then there's like the Broadway show, um, and then the, and then they did just a couple years ago, they did the, the live performance, mm -hmm. like mixture of the, um, the animated film live performance with some of the Broadway stuff pulled in, but it's still short. It's still an hour and a half. It's yeah. not, it's not a, a full lot in Broadway and then they're forming. kind of thing. And then they're working on the live action yeah. movie. So we're going to work through all of these things, but today we're talking about the sequel. Like it's not that memorable. It's fine. <laughs> I love this sequel. It was my favorite sequel growing up. That is not a high bar. <laughs> also, True. Return of Jafar is probably better than this. But I have not I, watched Return of Jafar in a long time, but I, I am wasn't a big Aladdin certain, person growing up. I'm almost certain that Return of Jafar is going to be better than Return I to the Sea. I loved Melody, and we had our our young guests on a couple a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and they really and, like her. They they really liked Melody and they really liked the this sequel and I really liked this sequel and it's just I, I love it's fine. <laughs> it's it was better when I was a child, I'll admit that. That's fair. Um I felt like there were things that were missing, but I, probably just my, my memory being funny. Yeah. Well and it like some of it's kinda weird. It's like Melody's way younger. She's like twelve instead of sixteen and so I'm like, well, she has a lot of growing up to do to get to Ariel's point of angst and distress yes. and like feeling out of place in her world. It it does more lead away from the the thought that King Triton and Ursula are siblings. Yeah, because that, that's not really Medusa held up by is, this. Is is Ursula's sister and there's no real connection. There's no real connection. Yeah. Um. So the briefest of summaries. Go so. Ahead. Ariel's daughter, Melody, uh, is nearly kidnapped by Ursula's sister, Medusa. And so Ariel and Eric get super panicky. They build a massive wall around so their their castle. Um, so Melody cannot get in the water. Um, she sneaks out anyway all the time because uh, she's rebellious and loves uh, ocean stuff as opposed to human stuff. Because she's just and, like her mother. Um. And then she finds a way to get out and become a mermaid. Medusa wants the, tri the trident. Um, yeah, so that's kind of lame. Um, and so she gets Melody to steal it for her. Um, and then everyone reconciles at the end. And then it's like, okay, well, Medusa's gone so they can open up the wall. But they make it they make it not about, like, safety. They make it, like, about being accepting of the desires of the daughter. But, it's like, yeah, but, like. The threat's gone, so you're actually doing yeah. it just out of safety. Well, it was Melody that took down the wall with the trident. Well, they allowed her to take down yes. the wall with the trident. Yes. It's not like she did it because she wanted to. Like, but it's in it's in this film that we find out the name for 
for Atlantica. We find out Atlantica. It might have been in the TV series. I'm sure Atlantica was mentioned in the movie. Mm-mm. Are it's you not. Sure? I am positive. Huh. Well, that's a weird one. It's either in the sequel or in the TV series that it's first mentioned. All right. If you say so. You're the expert on this. I am. I've done my research. Okay. Uh, so we have Atlantica and, I mean, King Triton hasn't Oh, this seen... does really, really screw up our geography because yes. they interact with the Arctic a lot. Oh, my goodness. It is crazy how, like... So this can only be Denmark in the sequel. Yes. It doesn't work for the U.S. Virgin Islands, which is my go-to one, thanks to, to um, Andrew Jefferson's suggestion. It doesn't work for the Mediterranean. doesn't work for France. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense with... With, with but anything. it's like it's like three hours of a human swim yes to get to the arctic yeah well she first rows a boat True. which is then pulled by by um by manta rays yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but it's still like it's a matter of hours under like fairly normal propulsion yeah so, she, so melody is also able to talk to sebastian that yes yeah, she's got magic powers yeah so that's weird. It 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 does it does seem weird, and also like Eric seems to understand a little bit, like Sebastian talking, but like doesn't like pro- talk directly to him. I think but, he, like, he can tell when Sebastian's talking, but he can't tell what he's saying. Yes, that, that's what I would say with that one. Also, it doesn't make sense because they the wedding happened on a ship yeah. with all these people seeing all the mermaids, and then they built a wall and pretended that mermaids didn't exist. Mm-hmm. People are really good at secrets in that kingdom. <laughs> Especially from the princess. Yeah. <laughs> the wall is weird because they build a wall. So there's still like water. There's still like ocean water and tide yeah. space. Like they've got like metal grates that let the water in and everything. And so like the castle's still fine and everything. But it's like, why not just move away from the coast? Like why stay in that exact spot? And it's like big wall. I feel like moving is easier. I don't know. Like, you don't even have to move that far. Just move into town. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, I still like it, even though it's not as good as I remember as a I child. think it's fine. Um, they do a really big push on, like, a Timon and Pumbaa-esque oh set gosh. of sidekicks. That one. I, I don't really care for that. No. Um, so that's, that's a weird one. Yeah. That's, like, the weirdest thing. I was like, man, this is odd. So that's the one we're talking about today. We'll talk about others in coming days. Anything else that you want to say on this set of the credits? No, I'm good. All right. That's all we have for you today, listeners. We're part of Dueling Genre, and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. You can also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all the Dueling Genre productions. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. And, like, get on there. Post some stuff, right? Share your share your thoughts. If you really, really, really love uh, Little Mermaid 2 or you think it's just fine, like me, like, <laughs> get on there, have a conversation about it. Um, because those have been some of the our favorite things is um, comments going into the Facebook group and, and the interactions we've had there or interact on other social media too. Like we'll take it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it on Instagram or Twitter. We want to thank Nick English and Scott Tofty for our artwork and our theme music. And until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your world. 